0: Hello, runners, and welcome to podcast number three of Mr. Rubio Used to Run, the Running Warehouse Podcast. Uh, I'm Joe. I'm the loser in charge, and this is the brains behind the operation, Connor. And what do we have today, Connor? You want to talk about? Well,
1: you're right. I'm doing a lot of the heavy lifting here. You know, <laughs> fact checking. Yes. Um, but yeah, you know, we didn't get canceled after two episodes. So I'd say that's a success. Uh,
0: yeah, we're well on our way <laughs> to dominating this whole platform. Yeah. We're going to take over. Yes, exactly.
1: Now we've had a lot of exciting talks and just since the last episode, we've had a lot of exciting stuff really over the past month in the marathon world.
0: Oh, insane stuff.
1: Let's dive into it. Cause some of it is almost unbelievable. Yeah. We're seeing times we never thought possible.
0: Yeah. Uh, on the, probably start with the women's side, yeah. um, you know 211.53. Yep. Um, you know, initially I was thinking drugs everywhere and <laughs> that sort of thing, but then you know, you know, having gone out and walked around the golf course a little bit thinking about it, uh, my old roommate Mark Conver, uh, his PR was 1403 in the 5K, the woman's world record in the 5K is 14 flat. He ran 212.24. So the roughly, time... so the times are about the same. But the 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 tough part is, is you, you know, you got someone that ran two minutes and ten seconds faster than anybody else. But what happened? What else happened? You had Hassan ran two thirteen. I mean, you know, now it's like, the floodgates are open there. Yeah, yeah.
1: And when we look at marathon, you know, we had Paula Radcliffe. Right. You know, the time has gone down quite substantially from that time, which was already a, kind of an outlier right. time. Right. But at the same time, you look over on the men's side and, you know, you go back 10 years ago, two oh five, two oh six was kind of unheard of. And now we got Calvin Kip And what did he run? <laughs> he
0: ran two flat, 35 seconds. Yeah. I mean, 4.36 pace for two hours. That's <laughs> kind of good. And what is your 5K PR? My 5K PR is 14.23. Okay. So it's about... It's so you wouldn't that, have
1: like, any, even been able to uh, uh, keep up with him for I a 5K. Probably, I probably could have kept him with a 5K,
0: <laughs> but that, that's about it. And then, you know, the fact that he's got three times under 202 yeah. in the last year.
1: And those are his only three marathons. Yeah.
0: Un, unheard of. I know. Uh, it's just, it's uh, it's crazy. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I, a lot of his issues. yeah, uh, I, You know, and uh, I don't know. Kipped I mean, him. I mean, he's like, doesn't... He, Everything's different. Like, his, he doesn't have... I don't think he has a passport, right? I mean, I mean he has a passport, get in the United States, but yeah. like a biological passport. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah.
1: been... People are wondering, his actual age is? Right. 23, I've heard, but then there's been different ages, well, so... Same thing with her. I mean, she yeah. you
0: know, her, she has a different uh, first or last name that she goes by. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, the other thing, too, is she ran, what, 2016? The 800 mm-hmm. at the Olympics? Yeah. So she's got a sub-two... 800 and a sub 2:12 marathon which
1: is quite for, some range
0: which is some range yeah
1: and we've we've seen some range over the years with people like Kipchoge who back in the early 2000s well, yeah he
0: won the world championships in the 5k in the 5k yeah
1: so that's not unheard of but i think the the little bit strange thing with Kipdom is how quickly he's entered the scene and become the most dominant Dom- runner yeah
0: he, he's not a goat i mean uh, Kipchoge's been doing this for too long and had yeah. too many medals and won too much right but still to run Two hours and 35 minutes. Yeah. Is, two,
1: two hours and 35 seconds. <laughs> two hours and 35 seconds. Sorry about that. Yeah. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see how both of them kind of move forward. And will Kiptum be able to maintain this dominance? Will he take on a similar uh, uh, background of, you know, some of these Kenyans coming in and dominating and disappearing? Yeah. We don't know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Time so will tell. we'll see. We have something called Paris coming up. <laughs> that should be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, a little more controversy is yeah. there's a, a lot of U.S. athletes that are complaining about the starting time in, in Orlando for the trials. Right. Um, I, I get it, but the yeah. problem is is that Paris is going to be hotter. Yes. So if you're actually going to, you know, pick a team based on those conditions, yeah. um, in my mind, you'd have it held at noon yeah. on that day and just tell the athletes, get ready for the heat.
1: And right. as a coach of some of the Aggies, yeah. you are preparing some of your athletes. Is yeah, there anything sure. you're specifically doing for that heat? No,
0: we'll do the old Benji Durden. Benji Durden in the uh, 70s and 80s was one of the top road racers in America, he lived in Atlanta. Yep. Uh, but he, I think, I want to say he moved specifically to Atlanta to train in the heat and humidity. Yep. And he did it in old school rain suit yes. in the summer to get ready. And I, I've done that with athletes before long sleeve shirts, progressing to long sleeve shirts with. Uh, you know, a rain jacket in the middle of the day. We we don't get humidity here in San Luis Obispo. So, um.
1: and Benji was one of the few uh, very high end marathon runners who didn't make the Olympics. Even though I believe he was a top three at the trials,
0: correct? He was top. I think he was top three in eighty. We yeah. didn't send a when- team in eighty. Right. Right. I'm very unfortunate. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, His neighbor, uh, Jimmy Carter, boycotted it at that point. So, (laughs) yeah, there's a bummer on that one. But, uh, yeah, so that'd be it. And then, um, you know, the other thing is a a guy we know, he just ran 216. He's 41 years old. Sergio Reyes. That's pretty cool, huh? So as far as a club, we have uh, people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s that qualify for the Olympic trials. Yeah. So that's pretty cool.
1: And Sergio just goes to show age is no longer a factor, especially no. with some of these super shoes prolonging people's careers. Right. It
0: saves your legs and <sighs> those types of things. And Sergio yeah. doesn't
1: lack on his racing. He's racing No, he races all constantly. the
0: time. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I took a look at his training recently and said, what do you think? I said, you might want to think about a recovery day or there. Yep. That's a major thing. When you get older, you need more recovery. But with the super shoes, it helps Yeah, quite a bit. Right. But... Um, Oh, well, moving on. The great question we're addressing today Oof. is uh, silly running shoe names and ideas.
1: This is a big topic and a topic we discuss quite often in our sales meetings that happen months before the shoes come out.
0: Yeah, and it's it's. Um, I think I think I start with what you know ideally would happen in my world. So I don't know that people know this, but uh, back a thousand years ago, Hoka had the Clifton family. They never really told anyone it was a Clifton family it just was so you had the Clifton which was the road shoe you had the Challenger you still have it which is the trail version you have the Arahi which is the stability version and you have the Mock, which originally was the Clayton which when they wanted to come to market with it was a speed trainer and I mentioned to Jim Van Dyne the president at the time that when you put speed into any name of a shoe there's all kinds of people that say I do not want that shoe Right, Right? because I don't run fast, so it's not for me. Um, But when you name it after a beach like Bondi, what's what's a Bondi? I mean, in in terms of shoes, you make up. You know, the customer makes up in their own mind what that shoe represents. So that's in my mind how this should work. But what we get is stuff like, well, I'll throw Saucony under the bus first. You know, the Kinvara Pro. Yeah. Okay, so the Kinvara is. Well, when it first came out, it was just a it was on the minimal side, but it was a one piece midsole, outsole, inexpensive, something that you could run most of your runs in, but it's designed it mostly go fast. I don't know if you had one of the early models of Canvara. I did.
1: I had the original Canvara when yeah. it first came out. Right. And that, you're right. Simple, low to the ground, you could pick it up for tempo day, could be used for some daily training, but it was kind of that versatile, faster yeah, do and it all it kind of
0: It goes up against like a, the mock is you know what it should be it's one yeah. piece of missile. so yeah. you know faster shoe but not yeah. overly expensive and not yeah. overly no bells or whistles right then you come up with the canvara pro that has two types actually has three types of foams in it one for the insole all oh, right one PIBA, and then it has a, a eva of some sort yep uh it's got a plate it's super stacked it's super expensive and they changed the drop and too. they changed the drop so it's completely different shoe so yeah. in my mind it should have been the uh endorphin shift yeah which I think they killed that, didn't they, or is it still around? To my
1: knowledge, it's gone. Yeah. but you're right because when you look at the wider net base, the kind of faster training element, it and,
0: and it had that. There's a stability component to it, right, as well. So, so that... it it seemed to me that that should have been the the shift, right, right. So and it, it's just confusing because Convaro was never in my mind that kind of shoe.
1: Yeah, and I, I think we we see that happen often where we see a shoe and it seems like it's good. Uh, the overall philosophy of the shoe is good but it's like the name just throws everyone it it makes things more confusing
0: yeah and then you get Brooks with everything's got a GTS right so (laughs) instead of coming up with like a unique name for a shoe it's a Glycerin Glycerin GTS yep and then, what, they killed the Ravenna. Yep, which so had now we equi- have the Launch and the, and the launch, launch GTS. <laughs> and the Launch GTS used to be the Ravenna, which had equity. Right. Right, and then you throw that out, and you come up with the Launch GTS.
1: Which is funny, because I almost feel like the Ravenna maybe even had a little more equity than then, the Launch.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was an outstanding shoe. Yeah. And if you, if you had that, that uh, whatever, if you're naming all your shoes that way, then it would be the Ghost and the Ghost GTS. But it's not, it's the Adrenaline. Yeah. So you have inconsistencies there. Yep. Um,
1: and you go over to the Hyperion series. Uh, the, That's it, a it whole changes, other mess. Yeah,
0: it changes every other week, right? So yeah. Hyperion, Hyperion Tempo. And then you, you have the Ghost Max. Well, why the hell do you need a Ghost Max? It should just be the Ghost. I mean, we had the same talk with Asics when they came out with the Nimbus Light yep. and the Kyono Light. Yeah. Well, those should be the Kyano and the Nimbus. Yeah. If you want to make a classic version for the people that can't move out of the... 1980s. And yeah, go ahead and make a classic version.
1: Well, and oftentimes I feel like what happens is brands want to push forward, maybe try new things, innovate, but they don't want to lose that core customer or, or go too outside of their lane. So they keep the original and then they use that name equity and throw a little acronym on the end. But,
0: you know, what we always say is, Push forward, you know. Yeah, make it, Make a new name. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just make a new name for it, right? <laughs> it just it can't, it can't be that hard. And you know, Nike's actually pretty good about it. You know, right? Um Although, the Invincible, I think, should have been called the Vomero right off the bat because it was so
1: a case of maybe not, not changing you know, the right, name not, and keeping. Well,
0: at the time, the Vomero wasn't in the in the marketplace. It right. was in it Europe. Did, it did go away. Yeah, from it went bit. away. And so you, you bring out a premium. With the latest tech, soft, yep. meant for just, you know, plotting easy miles yep. with the latest midsole material yep. and the latest upwards and everything. And it seemed like that would have been a good Vomero. But, you know, the fact that they have an Invincible and Infinity and, you know, they're bringing back the structure for whatever reason. I don't know what, what they're doing that for. But.
1: One, well, the tough part is too, when you talk about what the Vomero's original philosophy was, right. then you look at what the Invincible became, very in line, but then they bring the Vomero back and now the Vomero is. Not what it was originally, but maybe now more of like a big brother to the Pegasus. Yeah, it's
0: a Pegasus Plus or something like that, right? Yeah. But, but it's not the premium, cushion squish experience that it was initially. Yep,
1: doesn't have and, that really luxurious w- upper,
0: right? And that the uh, Fomero name has equity, right. and I, I I go back to that because what. Um, a current Corvette is nothing like a Corvette ten years ago. Right. It's mid-engine. It's but when you say Corvette, you know exactly what the hell they're talking about. Right. A two-seat American car that's just fast. Right. Right. Has the latest tech. It doesn't run all the time, but <laughs> it, it, it gets there. Um, and then you have Ultra with the you know they're trying to expand the product line, which is great. Yeah. Right. Um, but we've but, got our favorite name. Yeah. Of maybe all time. Yeah. The Ultra Ultra Forward. Experience. Uh, Experience. So so it's it's not just an ultra forward experience. An ultra ultra forward (laughs) experience. Really, really simple. And you know, all of these all these brands have you know ethos or stuff that they they build their. Well, I guess what they're founded on. And Nike's was founded on innovation, and they haven't really innovated it to any great extent. They made upgrades, but not no game changers since. Zoom X in 2016. So it's been seven years since they've done anything. Yeah. And it's not surprising to me that their stock's down 30%, right? Um, and then you get, you know, uh, Hoka needs to be soft yeah. and light. And if you try on the new Bondi, it missed on the soft part. Yeah, which and,
1: is And it's always missed on the light part, but that's okay.
0: Yeah, that's okay. But when it came out, it was ground breaking in terms of how light it was to, yeah yeah and, and that's what Hoka's always been built on weight to cushioning
1: ratio right and it's almost seemed like over the years they've gotten comfortable with comfort and just word of mouth right and they forgot what they were originally built on was being it, the lightest. in many cases in, yeah
0: and, and the clifton's pretty soft but yeah. i mean that's the that, that's the founding fathers right yeah it needs to be soft yeah right what else and then we have uh ultra ultra is all about fit Whenever you talk to somebody about why they bought Ultras, it's never about zero drop, it's about how they fit. Right. And when Ultra, a few years ago, started introducing all these different lasts, that, and they didn't tell anyone. They didn't tell us, they didn't tell the customer.
1: And not only did they not tell anyone, but from one year to the next year, they would say it switched its fit, but it was on the same last, so yeah. there was confusion over how a shoe would actually fit. Right, and, and that's a, what Ultra's known for. Is over fit. the
0: years, they're actually the forfeit has actually gotten has narrowed. Yeah, but uh, on a positive note, I did meet with the new president yeah. and the head of marketing, and the light bulb went on. And they're <laughs> going their next marketing campaign is all about fit. Yeah. So they're getting rid of a few lasts, as I understand it, and yeah. so they're getting they're fo- back
1: to what they were known for.
0: Right, um, which is. Perfect, which is fantastic. This st- that forward name is still stupid, though. Yeah. Um, Asics, you know, uh, I think having the MetaSpeed Edge and the MetaSpeed Sky is a bit confusing. Yeah. I, I, you know, I I get what they're trying to do, but those things are so close. And this is
1: I've ran in both shoes. Yeah. And I think we've seen from brands there is room for two elite marathon shoes. People have different strides, um, are seeking different experiences for different. Um, race distances. Yeah. The problem with the sky and the edge, especially when they first came out, they both had on the shoe meta speed and it didn't necessarily say which was which and they looked identical. So you could have two in your hand and, not, and you didn't know which one was which. Yeah. And we, we had people, you know, like putting one shoe was a sky and one shoe was an edge. And then once they got it on their foot, they realized, but man, you, you need, you need to do what Nike did in that case with, AlphaFly and VaporFly, two very unique looks, feels, and people can distinguish between the two, um, and they look fast and, and innovative.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, What's next? Adidas? Uh, do we go into? Well, the Adidas, yeah, go, go, go into the, the racing shoe that was worn in the 211. 54. Yeah, and I'll see if I can remember it. Yes.
1: But, I mean, we've seen over the years brands that love to, just keep adding onto the name. And the most recent innovative Adidas shoe is the Adidas Audi Zero Adios Pro Evo One. Did Pro I? Pro Evo One. Correct. Yeah, I think I got that. Right. And yeah. what a mouthful.
0: It's way <laughs> too much. And then you have, uh, you know, Adidas, when they're focusing on uh, performance, yeah. they're doing good. Yeah. When they're focusing on Yi, it's not good <laughs>
1: right. yeah. well I don't know if that's going to be an issue anymore <laughs> no but, um you're right I mean Audi zero has always been their top tier product it's always what we've been liking and even though that dominates in the race and performance side a lot of their best like trainers in recent years have been Audi zero yeah so like even the Boston
0: though, the Boston 12. Yeah. don't buy the don't buy the Boston 11 or 10 buy the 12 yeah the 12 is the 12 well. is a very good shoe very good the, the 11 they tell you it has a hundred mile break-in yeah no one's gonna do that And and I think they're full of crap anyways. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, when Adidas is focusing on performance, I mean, we went through a period of time where we would just say, get rid of the people that are making your everyday running shoes and just have the people doing Audi Zero make your everyday running shoes. right?" Because Audi Zero was just off the charts good.
1: And we've seen some potential maybe coming in the next few months that is going to see some new innovations in the foam, especially on the daily training side. So more to come there.
0: Well, I don't know if we can say the oh, name we can't, quite we can't say yet. that. Yeah, okay. That's coming out. Right?
1: <laughs> I think so. Yeah. But so it, it, more to actually, come there. Actually,
0: pretty good looking. Sh- pretty, good looking a pretty good looking. 140 bucks. Pretty good
1: feeling. Sh- very good value. I think Adidas is back in that space now. Right. We'll have to wait and get the test miles in, but definitely it shows that they've been listening.
0: Yeah, which isn't always the case. Not always. <laughs> <laughs> Um, recently I received a phone call from a gentleman by the name of Scott Daggett. And for those youngsters in the audience probably don't know, even people my age might not know who Scott Daggett is, but, uh, he's a very nice guy. He lives in Walla Walla, Washington. And he called me up to talk about running shoes. Well, b- before but, we get into oh. this, I,
1: I need to know, how did you meet this guy?
0: <laughs> I met him... <laughs> How did I meet him? I met him at a track meet you know, up at you know, up at Hayward Field. Okay, so right. Hayward legend. Yes, uh, he was. He was the 1975 University of Oregon male athlete of the year. And when I was talking to him about it, he, he talks. He doesn't talk with a lot of uh, emotion. And um, he said, "Yeah, I, I had my guest with Steve Prefontaine, and when I received my award as the athlete of the year for University of Oregon." and uh later that night steve died in a car accident so that was you know but he he talks much like that and then i said what do you do now scott he goes i'm in the music industry and he says that's why i'm in walla walla washington it's because i i'm there to bring acts in music acts they want to make it a a destination for tourists so they took the driving range out and they're putting a, a concert venue in there and then covid hit and i said so what what would you do in the music industry he goes i I was a a producer and a manager and i said like who he says well zz top and neil diamond and the carpenters and i invented the pixies (laughs) (laughs) and just go wow this guy looked up yeah sure as crap yeah he he was right anyways back to the reason he called me is um i i suggested because uh he was i think he was a nike guy but anyways a a year or so ago I, i suggested the invincible yeah He runs once a week, eight miles at eight-minute pace. Yeah. Once a week. But he says he needs the softest shoes he can possibly get. And so the weather's starting to change in Walla Walla, and he also goes to New York for work, and I was thinking it gets cold. And the shoe that I was originally suggesting he get was a Nimbus 25. Yeah. Then he started telling me it's going to get cold. And I said, let me switch gears here, because I said, how cold does it get in Walla Walla? He says, it'll get down to zero. Yeah. And I said, you don't want an EVA midsole because they, they lose 40 to 60% of the cushioning when it gets cold. Yeah. And you're buying a shoe like like we're going into November. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's going to be stiff. So yeah. keep the Invincible. And then in the spring, if you're interested in trying a different shoe, yeah, do that.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, I think the new A6 foams, uh, it is an EVA with the OBC, OBC blend. Yeah. So it's... It's definitely it's better, elevated, but if you're probably looking for the best experience, yeah. something like a ZoomX um, in that Invincible, like more of a supercritical TPE, T- probably going to hold up a little better. Right, the it's cold. it's gonna
0: it's not going to lose as much cushioning. Yeah, it's still going to be stiff. It's yeah. probably lose about ten percent of its uh, of its cushioning, but it's not going to lose sixty percent. Right, you know, and that's the thing that you get with uh, like the Kinvara and the Mock is when you get those shoes and it's cold out. Yeah, they get pretty <laughs> rock hard if they're not a good experience. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm going to take your word on that. Yeah, I, don't do that. Well, we, we it doesn't get cold here. Yeah. It's 75, been,
0: 75 all year. Well, well
1: yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that's important. Um, building up kind of – or getting in the right shoe is tough, and I, I think for him probably trying – once he kind of gets into those warmer weather, trying out a bunch of different shoes. Right. And that, that's the thing I always say is – you don't just go and buy the first car you drive. You got to test drive a bunch of shoes. And anyone who's asking me for advice with shoes, I always tell them: there's, I can't, I can't just give you one shoe. No, it's all personal preference. You got to get them on your feet and try them.
0: Yeah. So I uh, received a text from Mike Larrabee, and mm-hmm. Mike Larrabee's dad won the '64 Olympic gold medal in the 400 meters, and he was also on the 4x440 uh gold medal team yeah and we see lives at the country club and the new general manager at the country club arnaldo he's an italian guy and uh he's running new york marathon uh so he wants some advice on shoes but all of his shoes he 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 swears by brooks and i said so which brooks he goes it's just a brooks so i'm trying to figure out what kind of experience he wants Right, because he says he doesn't like super shoes. He tried the Alpha Fly and didn't work. And I said, but, but there's different kind of foams and stuff like that. So, I went into returns and I got him three different Sauconies that because he'd never run in Sauconies. Yeah. So I got him an, an Endorphin Speed, mm-hmm. I got him a Tempest, and I got him a Kinvara, and they're all different colors, so I could tell which one was which. And I said, go running in these, and let me know which one you like best. And he liked the Tempest the best. I like the yellow one, so now I know what kind of experience he wants. And that's the other part too, is what kind of experience do you want when you're buying a running shoe? Yeah. And if you're talking to somebody that knows running shoes, you know, that that's kinda why you say, What are you running in right now and do you like it? Yeah. You know, sometimes you get you know, somebody's running like an adrenaline and go, No, I don't like it. It's you know, it's too it's too stiff or whatever. Yeah. You know. And have you tried, you know, like a I don't know, glycerin or something like that. So yeah. I don't know what people in listening to land are gonna do with that information, but yeah. you know, it'd be nice if you just tried it on different shoes with different experiences and say i like that that's that's what i need right here yeah especially if you're just buying one pair of shoes to do everything in right 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 uh running a a super trainer all the time is not great sometimes you actually want a heavier soft non-plated shoe that just absorbs which just absorbs but it's slow yeah because you need to slow down exactly
1: (laughs) All right. So, all right. Let, well, let's shift gears. I, I, I want to know, how, how's your Riz doing recently?
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Physiology 101 <laughs> is what we'll go into now. Okay. Okay. Uh, and we'll call it uh, Riz My Fizz or Riz Your Fizz. Okay. Okay. So uh, I don't do a lot of this stuff, but uh, I did have a lot of, not one athlete in particular ask why we were doing so much speed work. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's not speed work. It's speed endurance. And he goes, it's 200s. And I go, you can run 200s. If you do a 10K on the track, that's 52 200s. They just don't have a break <laughs> in between them, right? So, yeah, it's it, 200. So the workout is something along the lines of 20 times 200 at maybe mile or two-mile race pace mm-hmm. with a 100 jog. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to explain to him the reason you do that. And so there's a thing called the Fick equation, which is a, your theori- theoretical VO2 max. So if all you do is, is, is just run and just want to finish a marathon, just skip what I'm about to say. But if you're a competitive runner, uh, there might be something to take here for you. So the Fick equation says two things are, are involved in your VO2 max. And this isn't actually, it's just a theoretical. Yeah. So one is cardiac output. Mm-hmm. That means how much blood your heart can pump with every beat of the heart. And the other one is it's called an AV difference. So it's your artery, the amount of uh, oxygen in your arteries, which is going away from your heart, and then how much oxygen comes back after your muscles used it. Yeah. So if your if your uh, muscles u- utilize a greater percentage of the oxygen, theoretically, you should run faster. And if your heart can pump more red blood cells with each beat of the heart, you should theoretically run faster. So the 200s with a short recovery is meant to address the cardiac output. So- the heart's a muscle and when you run a 200 say like at that pace you know these guys are in like 31 32 and when they stop the body overcompensates and so the heart actually for one or two or three beats actually pumps out more so it strengthens the heart Mm. so one of the byproducts of that is as you get fitter over time you notice your resting heart rate decreases that's because your body requires the same amount of whatever it needs oxygen but your heart is actually pumping more beat of more blood with each beat of the heart. Yeah. So that's one of the things if you look at yeah, you know, probably every competitive distance runner does consistent speed endurance. It's right. just part of the whole thing. So if you're doing all you're doing is mile reps or thousands and tempo runs, you're missing a pretty key component. Yeah. And if all you're doing is speed endurance, you're missing the other key components of, of fitness. Yeah. But in a few future episode, I will go into the, how to improve the uh, the AV difference. Ooh. Ooh. So okay. you get those two aspects together. Okay. And you usually come out with a pretty good result.
1: Yeah. Well, in VO2 max, I feel like that phrase yeah. gets thrown out. And I think a lot of people, they've heard it, but they might not know exactly what it is. and you might see on your Garmin it gives you the approximate VO2 it's max, BS. but that's BS. You can't. You the only way you can actually get that is go into the lab, get your VO2 max tested, and right. you can see a range. Usually, high end athletes are over seventy. Yeah. Um. Sometimes they can get up really high, but just because you've got a very high number, it's only one element. Because I know my VO2 max was a little bit higher on the higher end, but maybe I lack in other uh, elements of my yeah physiological makeup that make me not an elite runner
0: right and that's part of the the efficiency with which you use oxygen right yeah um and i'll do that on another one but i mean there's a lot of different things there's also mechanical efficiencies yep which is why you do drills and so forth yeah and you you notice that um i have athletes now that start running later in life Mm -hmm. and their form generally is not very good compared to someone who did track competitive track uh, when they're in high school, because yeah. you're doing a lot of drills and you're running fast all the time. And you tend to, when you're watching people run, you can tell who has a competitive background. Unless you get my age, you don't run that much anymore. Or I guess you don't run. <laughs> and yeah. you watch us run, um, it's not very efficient. But when you wa- watch someone who's been con- a competitive runner consistently, yeah. their form's usually pretty good. Right. Particularly from the waist down. Right. Uh, it's just really, really efficient. And so that helps you run faster too. Right. Right. So. All
1: right. Yeah. Well, let's move on to. Next segment, Eric's shoe closet. Now, our buyer, Eric, he tends to skew a little bit uh, biased towards the trail shoes. Yes, he does. So this week, we've got another trail shoe. The New Balance 101.
0: 101. Now, people uh, watching this on YouTube will notice that this shoe looks nothing like the current lineup of shoes so you would be hard-pressed to find a shoe that looked like this unless it was a cross country racing flat
1: right right and this is almost kind of the start of new balance minimus this is really when the minimal shoes were taking over it had a little bit of foam so maybe a little bit more than a true maybe vibram five finger but you get a a very uh unique shoe um some lugs um i know a lot of trail runners said that this is one of their favorites And years later, we actually convinced New Balance to reissue the 101. Um, I think it originally came out around 2007-ish and then came back out years later. Um,
0: Did we sell any of them?
1: We sold a few of them. Uh, I I think that kind of goes back to what we talk about a lot of times where you get a fan group very adamant about a shoe coming back. And maybe there isn't quite as much demand as some of the people screaming and yelling for it. But definitely I had this shoe. And uh, it was a great-looking shoe, a fun shoe, uh, and it was
0: revolutionary for its time. You know, this is going to be a stereotypic statement, but it's always guys who think that the shoes were better back then. (laughs) Women never think that at all. Women are always saying, no, this is better. It is, right? Yeah. It's— You know, there's nostalgia, nostalgia and all that kind of stuff. I mean, like when I was growing up, you had Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. You know, I get the largest library on earth on my computer right in front of me. Right. It's it's, things improve. (laughs) They tend to at least. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you don't see shoes quite like that anymore. So it will be interesting to see with trends kind of going minimal and then going maximal are we going to go back towards minimal? Are we going to meet in the middle? What, think, what's the future? I think
0: uh, a few brands will start bringing that back to yeah. see to test the waters. Yeah. But it's really difficult. I was uh, skeptical of that movement when it came out because it's painful. Yeah. I, you know, running basically barefoot on asphalt and cement yeah. hurts. <laughs> it just does. Right? It's not, a, it's not fun. Yeah. Right? And I think people are just really into comfort, yeah. particularly Americans. Yeah. Right? You think about all the cars that people drive. Yep. You get these gigantic trucks, you know, some have flags in the back and some don't, but they're all, you know, just marshmallow soft, right? Right. Uh, just big marshmallow soft at three gallons of the mile, yep. you know, and they're just comfortable. Yeah. Right. It's just easy to drive. Yeah. Yeah. So I have another segment here. Okay. I will move into where I will answer the internet. And you scour the internet looking for For all all the best questions, the craziest people. I don't know if they're the best questions, but (laughs) uh, from the world-famous Let's Run message board comes the following, quote, why doesn't a billionaire fund big prize money? From Show Me the Money. So Mr. or Mrs. Money, uh, he he or she goes on to say in the thread, start offering million-dollar pots for winning races. It'll be a drop in the bucket for them and would add a lot of interest to the sport. And I want to bring up the fact that there is a billionaire <laughs> in America who cares about track and field, who puts up well north of seven figures annually, not in the form of prize money, but in the form of grants. Uh his name's Steve Schwartzman or Schwartzman, sorry. He's the CEO of the Blackstone Group, which is a trillion dollar company. <laughs> That's uh, with a T. Too, with a T, and uh, through the USATF Foundation uh, provides grants for athletes. Yeah. So the foundation in uh, Steve is a, the uh, largest donor to the foundation, but grants of twenty thousand to thirty-five thousand yeah. uh, dollars for the top sixty or so athletes in the United States, and and you can ask guys like Joe Kovacs and and uh, Ryan Krauser particularly in the triple jumps and the long jumps and the yeah. throws and, and hammer throws and those types of things. Th- those grants keep them in the sport. Right. So they don't necessarily uh, count as prize money, but there is, as far as as far as I know, one billionaire who is ending up you know, and to that extent.
1: On the topic of high net worth yeah. people supporting the sport, yeah. you can't forget, uh, I believe it was 2016, Nick Simmons got his left shoulder purchased – From the head of (laughs) T-Mobile, so another
0: person who uh, big fan of the sport and
1: owns Nick Simmons' left shoulder
0: (laughs) for eternity. (laughs) I don't know. know. (laughs) He's going to cover it up with run gum or something like (laughs) that. Something like that. (laughs) Something like that. What What are you watching on YouTube?
1: What am? Oh, wow. Okay, we're we're going in. You know, I I think right on topic. I actually have been watching some Nick Simmons videos. Okay, you know, he is a fun guy to watch because he's almost taking the the elements of track and field and competition, but almost like gamifying it, doing a little Mr. Beast style competition and really doing some fun things with the sport. I think he's getting a lot of people who maybe weren't interested uh, in track yeah. watching uh, really cool races. And I think maybe if we go back to the last question of will a million dollar prize um, package entice viewers? I don't know. It'll yeah. definitely help a couple athletes come uh, payday, but I think to get people into the sport, we need exciting, we need excitement, we need entertainers, we need to look at track from a different point of view. And I think Nick Simmons is at least one person who's doing something
0: right. If if you watch the World Championships, that was fantastic. Oh yeah, that was an awesome meet. I yeah. mean, it was just so good. And if we could get something like that every week, <laughs> we'd have something. Yeah. Because uh, I know people within track and field say, well, there's all these people that run. Yeah that should be watching track. Well, you don't need the people that run. You need the people that are sitting in front of their TV at 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday through 9 o'clock at night watching football. You need people that are, what, that are sports, into yeah. sports, right? Like I'm into sports. Yeah. And the best time for me to go golfing is Sunday afternoon because everyone's watching football, <laughs> right? And the golf courses are empty. But, um yeah, it, it's competition. It's head-to-head, yes. you know? I'll go back to football again. You know, when you see advertisements for NFL, it is a homes versus Brady And they show up. Imagine that. They show up. There's got to be a real big reason why they don't show up. Yeah. And, you know, if your kid is a Mahomes fan and is a year out, you can, as a parent, you can look and go, oh, he's playing in Indianapolis on October 31st. And I'll get a flight and I'll get a hotel. And I'm pretty sure my kid's going to get to see their hero. In track and field, you don't know where the hell anyone's going to do anything.
1: When sometimes, you know, in football, these guys have concussion, you know, maybe they shouldn't be playing and they're still out there. And then in track, it seems like it's hard to get everyone in one place at one time. You know, it's hard to build those stories, build those characters when the top athletes aren't always going to be in the same place at once.
0: And that's the great thing about like the California high school state meet. Yep. That thing's phenomenal, right? All the top kids are there. Yep. Except for the Newberry uh, Park there is, <laughs> but um, and same thing with NCs. Yes, NCs is if you're going to go to one track meet a year, yeah. that is fantastic. It's yeah. so freaking good. Um, yeah, the way they set it up and everything, I thought initially was stupid, yep. but it's it's so good. Yeah,
1: and I mean not to go too off topic, but on the topic of NCAA's, I think we got to give a shout out to the local team, Cal Poly Slow, who. We've heard some pretty big things for this
0: year. <laughs> yeah, for the kids that are coming into retail. Oh, man. Yeah, they the, the next coming, it's the next Mecca or whatever it is. Um, and this was before the season started. I said, hey, kid, can you just run a meet first <laughs> before you, you know. Yeah. But they're running really well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think they're under, they've are they won pretty much every meet they've ran in this yeah. year. They're ranked. So yep. Cal Poly, back on the map. Yeah, fantastic. And it's, Van Hoy is doing a great job. Yeah.
0: His wife's doing a fantastic job, too, Yes. Michelle. So yes. it's uh, really exciting to see. So I talked to Ryan about coming in and doing a podcast. Yeah. And uh, as crazy as it sounds, he's he's one of the best middle-distance coaches in the United States, and yes. no one's ever interviewed him or done a <laughs> podcast with him. So he said he'd be happy to. So one of these days I'll get him in here and we'll talk. Uh, right. We'll go deep in the weeds. Yep. Deep, in the, deep, deep, deep we'll in the weeds. We'll get those
1: good angle stories. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or maybe we we'll save that for Craig himself. We'll save that for... We did see Craig yesterday. We didn't? did.
1: Yes. We did. Craig Craig's one of those guys that you never you, you can be anywhere in town, and he'll just pop up. Yeah. And uh, great energy, uh, yeah. fun guy to be
0: around, and man, what a character. Yeah. I was filling my car with gas one day, and he ran by, and he had a dog strapped to his waist. <laughs> what the hell are you doing with a dog? his girlfriend's dog or something like that. But <laughs> <laughs> What else are you watching on YouTube?
1: Oh, you know, uh, you know, as as a car guy, I, I do like to watch a lot of the car reviews, and I know you're a big Demuro yeah. guy. Yeah. Is that is Have you also? I, I watched him last
0: night. Did you? Yeah that that new uh, Lucid. Oh, yeah. The, the high end, the two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That thing is <sighs> wicked, like wicked, like zero sixty under two seconds. It, it comes to a point where what is too fast? That is too fast. <laughs>
1: So, what would you equate a sub two, zero uh zero to sixty to a marathon time?
0: I don't know. It's so fast. Or are we saying that's a sub two hour marathon? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's sub two hour marathon. <laughs> sub two and sub two, right? All right. Um Yeah, so I've been watching uh golf videos. Okay. Uh, doing not what Tiger said. You know, he said F <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> okay. So uh, and there's these, uh, I watch a, a variety of different ones, but one in particular is uh, Rick Shields. He's got the most followers than anyone. And he has a podcast, okay. which is why I watch it, you know, to take some of the things, yeah. steal some of the things and use it here. But he had an interview with Ian Poulter. So he one of the top golfers on the planet and uh, captain of the Ryder Cup. And I was watching it. Shields asked him, you know, do you like going golfing with your buddies? He says, no, I don't go golfing with my buddies. I don't do social golf. And he says, "What do you, what do you do?" He says, "I go to the range. I go to the putting green. I, you know, I'd rather practice." Yeah. And he says, "Aren't we golfing together this afternoon?" He says, "Aren't we betting a hundred bucks?" So I just put that in, in running terms. It's like the people that I coach are competitive runners. Yeah. they have competitive goals, and so doing things like drills yeah. and strides, and uh, you know, barefoot mile and hurdle drills and all these types of things fits into their psyche. Then you have other people like we put on pub runs. They're not doing any of that crap.
1: Those are your top golfers. Yes.
0: Those are your top golf and, you know, social golfers or social runners, right? They, you know, they're going to go as far as their buddies are going to go or the girl girlfriends are going to go and they're going to have a beer afterwards. And, you know, they're not going to go super fast, but they're just going to have a good time. So there's social running and competitive running. And, you know, that's a part of, you know, looking at different events and, different uh practices and stuff like that and you know not everyone is in that competitive stage yeah
1: yeah when sometimes social golfing and competitive running blends together and there is a unique event called speed, speed golfing golf. and you know a couple guys that have ran pretty well
0: well i think steve scott has a, the world record i think he still does yeah, he still does yeah and uh who else we've got bernard lagat yeah lagat was doing it but Legat. He could, yeah it could, could Legat, be.
1: not a great not a great golfer Yeah. Great runner, yeah. and you can't forget that Nike made him a specific lunar racer with golf studs <laughs> on the bottom and maybe didn't get the record, but he had the best shoes. Maybe the best <laughs> speed golf shoes of all time. <laughs>
0: yeah, Steve Scott. Oh, man, I get funny dude. But um. <laughs> uh, the other thing I'm watching on YouTube is um, uh, I, I bought a, tesla recently okay. i anti-musk it was a it was a used one in 2012 oh we uh, going free, way back way back but prehistoric it, it has free unlimited charging oh i was and gonna so, ask
1: did those, did those run on gas no, i mean that goes that's, so far no it's number
0: 552 out of all the Teslas built wow so it's that that old and okay. of course the, the what you call it, the door handle broke today so i gotta fix that somehow <laughs> Um, but I've been watching these videos and I cannot believe how many Tesla videos are on YouTube. Yep. So I watched this one gentleman drive from Florida to North of Atlanta and just watched him with his children in the back for nine hours. He drove going to all the ch- charging stations and stopping you know, like Jay Z Penny is like uh, 20 minute video. So I'm watching this and I went, what, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. It's stupid stuff like that. Yeah. Right. But, um, yeah, it's the fun stuff we do. <laughs>
1: We got into it today. We, we did. You thank, know, thank God that's over. <laughs> I, I, I don't think we said anything too out of line. No. If not, we'll, we'll cut and
0: post. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could like uh, debate, discuss if you'd like. Ask us any question, and, yeah, uh, we'll get our best people on it. Probably won't be us, but uh, we'll try to answer your questions.
1: And of course, you know, you can stream this on iTunes, Spotify. Yeah. But also, you know, if you want the full experience you got to come to YouTube, watch the video, watch me and Joe get at it, see the shoes, and definitely that's where we can get the real discussions exactly.
0: going. Exactly, and we have yet to have a, what, an edit of, which has been straight... Yeah. Even through this one, we've just been talking straight through. Yeah. Yeah. we just quite entertaining. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's one of these days we're going to say something that's maybe <laughs> pushing the limits, yeah. but we'll wait till we get in trouble. <sighs> right.
0: And at the next episode, if I remember, we will tell people how long their insoles will last. Oh, in insoles. Their you know, just the insult yeah. that comes with the shoe. Yeah. Um, anyways, we'll do yeah. that next time.
1: Okay. Cool. A lot more to come.
0: All right. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Till next time.